right. My next guest is a guy that has been down with Kumite TV from the beginning, you know, always, you know, giving me his time. Martin Nguyen, double champ, reigning champ right now for one championship, featherweight king. What's going on, man? Champ. I'll, I'll correct you there, but no, I'll take that. Um, yeah, I'm good, man. It's good to be back here. Definitely, man. Um, let's get right into it. You know, we talked last time before your fight, your your second title defense in Manila last April. You went in there, you got it done, flying knee, knockout against Jadamba. You know, was was that the biggest highlight of your career so far? Um, it can be, um, but I'd say the biggest highlight of my career would be um, beating Edward in the Philippines. Um, but yeah, like... In terms of any any bout that I win, it's a it's a massive highlight because all my opponents are high level, you know. Definitely, uh, Jadamba, he's a tough guy, you know. That flying knee, it was it was incredible. Did you see that in your preparations, or were you just free flowing in, inside that cage? No, I'm I'm, I'm always a free flowing man. Like I obviously I, I move around and I like to do my thing and like to get into the rhythm and um just like <laughs> I I. I've been told this many times by my coach. We've been practicing flying knees for like the last three years and never had I ever had a, had the confidence to throw a knee up until when I came into uh, Hard Knocks camp. You know, working with Henry Hoof, it's all it's all Dutch kickboxing. It's all throwing the knees and, you know, using everything that you have. It's not it's not like a, a fist and feet game. It's, you know, it's limbs, every single limbs that you can use possible, you know. So um, since working with Henry, he's, he's we've been sharpening everything, every single tool we can. And um, when it came to the flying knee, I mean, flying knee wasn't part of the process. It was with my um, my other coach, Chrysler. But um, working with Henry just gave me the confidence in throwing it, you know, and, and when – <laughs> Jadamba was going backwards. I, I thought, yeah, it's now or it's never. If it lands, it lands. If it doesn't, then you know you still hurt him, and like, he's still got time to put him away. So I just threw it, man. I just went into it. You've always been confident in your striking, but does it seem like your striking has, you know, hit another level working with Henry Hoof? You become more, you know, free. Uh, you know, like you said, free flowing. But you know, is it just like it's easier to pull the trigger? Definitely, man. Working with um, working with Henry and like getting my getting my hands and feet corrected by uh, the likes of Angla and the guys in the gym, um, man, it's just I say I'd say it hasn't really evolved, but I say it's matured. Like my striking, like I, I I'm throwing in more with confidence, um, more than just yeah putting my head down and just throwing it and hoping. You know, um, so everything that I throw now, it's it's all part of the game plan to chip away, uh, chip you away, and then put you out. So that's that's how my game has evolved and matured. And you know, working with the likes of world class strikers um, has yeah has pushed it beyond that level. That finish, you know, it made it up on Sports Center's top ten. What did you? How did you react to that? You know, being <laughs> number two. Yeah, it was like I think it's the first highlight. Of one championship, any one championship fight to make it on Sports Center, right? What you know? What did? What was the reaction? Your reaction? The reaction around you? Look, I didn't even know what Sports Center was. Like I know, I know, obviously ESPN, but I didn't know that they did like somewhat of countdown and you know best plays of the week or whatever. Until I came, like one of my friends, uh, so one of my friends, yeah, sent um sent it over to me and said I was number two, and I was like, what the hell? So then, actually, yeah, so it was um our physio over here, our acupuncture guy. 
because he follows uh, Angler and I. He's he seen it on ESPN um, Sports Play, Sports Center, and he sent it to Angler, and then Angler sent it to, to me. But when I first seen it, I was like, oh, yeah, it's just another countdown. But then when one championship started sharing and everyone else started sharing, I realized how big it actually was. Um, but yeah, it was just, it's an honor to get onto something like that. But um, ultimately, it's not the, the main goal, you know? You know, going into that fight, you had a new team, new coaches, new training partners. You spent a lot of time away from your family, which was something new also. You know, a lot of questions going into that fight. Was there, you know, a lot of pressure on you to perform compared to your your past fights? Yeah, I'd, I was, look, coming off an injury and coming off um, a loss at Bantamweight, I really wanted to prove myself because, uh, as I said, I felt like um, – I hadn't reached the peak of my career yet and I haven't reached that level where everyone was putting me on a pedestal because I'd won the titles. I felt like I hadn't reached that level to be owning those titles yet. So um, although I do own it and I'm at the top of, I'm at the top of the game in one championship, I feel that I haven't reached the top of my game yet and people are just seeing me scratch the surface of my peak, you know, and, um, yeah, in a way it can work out good, in a way it can work out bad. But for me, it's more it's more inside, it's more mental, it's more something that I had to prove. Um, not proving myself, but prove that I can be and I will be one of the top guys in this division. You're back in Manila now, you know. Your third featherweight title defense is coming up. Koyomi Masushima. You know, when did he uh, hit your radar as a potential contender in the division? Yeah, um, so at first when I thought when he was fighting um, Gafarov, um, I thought, you know what, they're building Gafarov up and um, they want Gafarov probably to fight another <coughs> world title shot against me. And, you know, I was all, I'm all up for a trilogy fight with Gafarov. And then <laughs> Masashima, I watched the fight with Masashima and I never even heard of Masashima in my whole life. And um he 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 he, uh, he knocked out uh, Gafarov, in which while watching that fight, I was like, "Man, Gafarov's gonna get knocked out." He's getting frustrated by this Japanese bloke who keeps moving around and tagging him with leg kicks. Um, he's getting frustrated. And he's rushing in to try to get a leg kick back, but he's leaving everything ex- else exposed. I mean, at that stage, I thought, "Like, man, anyone can knock this guy out." Man, Gary Tonin can knock this guy out, and um, sure enough. Nashashima threw a right hook and, um, yeah, TKO'd him. And I thought, you know what? This guy can actually be a contender. He's, he's pretty smart. He's pretty – like he's got footwork. He's got, um, yeah, champion qualities. And, yeah, from there I started, uh, I started following more on his um, on his radar. Like not searching him up, but knowing that he's probably one of the guys that I might possibly be facing in, uh, in the division. And then when um, he fought Kwon Won Il, <clears throat> I thought, you know what? It's, it's a tough fight for him. Um, although Conwan Il uh, is apparently a bantamweight, he fights at featherweight, and he's been putting guys out. He's got strong hands, but um, that fight really surprised me because I thought Conwan Il was like had better takedown defense, or you know, being at that level, you gotta have somewhat of a decent um, defensive grappling, you know, standard in your striking game, you know. And um, yeah, he had nothing, and he got out muscled and out wrestled by Masushima. Yeah, I guess he has earned a shot at your title. You know, a lot of people believe that he hasn't earned a shot at your title. You know, do you are you were you kind of surprised that he got Look, you know this fight? Um, 
at the end of the day, man, he's he's taken he's taken all of Gaffarel's victories, he's taken all of Conor Hill's victories underneath, underneath his wings, is catapulting him to the top. Um, I don't, I, I mean, he deserves it, man. Like he's fought his way, he's fought his way, he took fought a top three, he fought a guy on a winning streak. It can possibly be a, a, a another chance of him fighting someone else before my fight, but realistically, I wanted to get in there as soon as possible, keep defending as much as possible, and he was a guy on my radar that um, that I wanted to fight as well. So, um, <clears throat> in a way, he he earned the fight, and I'm honored to to face him. Before this fight was announced, you know, you flew down to Florida, you know, to train at Hard Knocks, your new team. Why did you go down there so you know early before the fight was announced? Yeah, so I look. I was asked by Chatri when I would like to get back into the cage, and um, for me, I was on a holiday at the time, and I was like, you know what? I won't think about anything in fighting until I get back and start getting into the rhythm of things again. But um, I was, I was, I was looking at everything, and I was contemplating my time, and I was, you know, so sorting out my calendar, and I was like, you know what? Um, now that you, now that you've we've, we're bringing up the subject of when I want to get back in there, I want to get back in there again uh, around August. And I was looking at the the fight calendar and I was looking at the cards. And um, although Vietnam was on the cards, but then I heard speculations. So I didn't want to take any chances. I said, you know what? I spoke to um, I spoke to Angla and I spoke to Henry, and they offered not officially offered, but they like they brought up um, last night's card. Uh, in July, and I was like, oh, man, I'll fight sooner than later, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, I spoke with Henry, and Henry goes, no, it's too soon. Um, I want to work with you much more. And so the next card after that was Manila, and I was like, I, I brought up Manila, and it, it got addressed to the board, and I was, I took a chance by just coming over here and started to get after. Either, either way, even if I didn't get a fight, I got better. I'm, I'm getting better, and I'm always evolving. Um and sure enough, I got I got offered uh, an athlete in main carding like a stacked card, you know. Your training camp, how is it structured? Do you do it all yourself, or do you have a particular person kind of like outlining the week for you? Yeah, so when I used to train in Australia, um, everything was whatever I wanted to do, catered to myself, you know. And uh, in a way, it worked for me. Um, I won two titles out of it, but. It wasn't. It wasn't the training that I needed, and I, yeah, it wasn't the training that I needed to be beyond where I wanted to be. Um, and yeah, it was always like a picture, picture in my head that I'm always at the top because I train to what how I want it and how I, uh, how I'm like everything's comfortable. But realistically, uh, in a real man's world, the shit that I was doing, man, it was just. It was only because you were the top. Like you wanted to be the top in Australia, not the world, you know. And it was just like a, it was just a point that I needed to step out of the side circle and go train for um in Florida. But yeah, since coming to Florida, um, the training the training schedule is set. You got two times a day. First sessions at ten thirty. Second session, depending if it's strength conditioning or if it's kickboxing at night or wrestling at night, it can range from four thirty, five thirty, six thirty, seven thirty. Yeah, the latest you'd be out of that gym and home eating dinner is probably 9, 9.30. And, yeah, um, every single day it's all scheduled um, up until Saturday, and Sunday is, like, my favorite day of the week. It's our day off. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I see that you you added, like, uh, also, you know, recovery 
it seems like a lot of recovery. Uh, I, I saw a video, I think Angela put it up, of you getting some acupuncture and you were just like screaming. You know, talk about that. Oh, dude, um, so every single part of my body. So one week I'll go for my legs, one week, one week I'll go for my shoulders, my neck, any, any little bit I can, I'll just go in there just to get something done. And um, yesterday he was working on my legs and holy Dr. Keith uh, from acupuncture and rolfing man, he's – his elbows are like gold, you know. If he doesn't have his elbows, he's got no money-making material, you know. So um, he put me to work, man, honestly, and it freaking hurts. And every single time I walk in those doors, man, I see him, I'm like, hey, it's nice to meet you, but what am I doing here, man? Like, I'm putting myself through pain. I can get freaking punched in the face. I'd rather get punched in the face, you know. But um, it's all for a good purpose, man. And recovery, obviously, is the main thing um, when it comes to mixed martial arts athlete. And, yeah, you got to do what you got to do, man. What is the the stable like of featherweights that you're training with right now? You know, preparing for Masushima. Yeah, so um, I've got man. There's there's a lot of guys in that gym, man. And throw a few names off the bat. Um, main my main training partners at the moment. Um, so there's uh, pro. There's uh, Kenny Porter. There's Sean Soriano. There's Nick Lentz. Um, there's oh man. There's Nick Lance, there's uh, there's Gilbert Burns, there's Herbert Burns. Um, man, I'm going with a lot of guys in that gym, man. They're all full of killers, man. And you know what? It's to be a lion, man. You got to train with lions, and all these guys are hungry to make it to that next level, or they're already at that next level, and you know their success rubs off on you. And man, it's it's a killer room, man. And I'm honestly, I'm blessed to be a part of the team. Yeah. This fight coming up is your eighth straight co-main or main event billing the events they just keep getting bigger and bigger you know gsp said you know before in an interview that it doesn't matter you know how many fights he's had he always gets you know nervous he always gets scared before a fight you know is is being in a a spotlight something that you are accustomed to now or do you still get nervous before fights yeah i look the lead up to the fights, like the training weeks that I have, um, I always say to myself, have I done enough? Am I evolving? Am I getting better? Or I always ask myself some questions. That every morning I wake up, what's the plans today? Um, how am I going to execute it? And <clears throat> how am I going to come up on top? And, you know, you always question and you always doubt, but um, the people around you, the circle around you, like the, the guys that you train with, they know from when you first came to where you're at now to when you start peaking, um, how much you've changed. And you just go off whatever they say, man, and even the coaches when they watch you from start to finish. So this week, was uh, this camp was the first time ever I left my family for, uh, it'll be eight and a half weeks next Thursday, eight weeks, five days. And it's the longest I've been away from them, you know. And from the first time when I came here um, to now, it's, it's like I've, I've been accustomed, I'm accustomed to everything and, you know, I've stepped up with all the big guys and um, all the yeah, monsters in that room, man. They they tell me after every session what I've, uh, how I've improved and like, we all rub off each other's success, man. It's pretty good. But yeah, in terms of the the nerves and everything like that, come fight week, man, I'm just, I'm, I'm the most relaxed athlete you ever find in that room. Everyone's weighing in, everyone's, constantly checking their weight and worried about their weight. Man, I'm underweight at the moment, man. 
Like I, 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 we, I can eat anything I want. I had pizza. I had, we had pasta tonight. I had a freaking oh man. We, I eat anything I want, and I train hard, and I'm still underweight. So yeah, fight week, I'm like, I feel like a million bucks, man. Yeah, that card is a is a massive card that you're headlining. Did you ever think that you would be headlining an event with Demetrius Johnson and Eddie Alvarez underneath you, fighting before you? <laughs> Look, um. I don't really, I don't really look into that, man. Like, I'm just glad that I'm just glad, I'm just actually glad that I still get to fight at the highest level um, that I can be, you know, and um, still compete with these guys who, you know, um, who are considered at the highest level, you know. Um, whether they're whether DJ or Alvarez is on the card or not, like, I'm, I'm full of gratitude that I get opportunities to headline uh, an event, and what better way to do it than, you know, Thriller in Manila. Part five for me now. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go back to Japan. Uh, you were there for uh, Fernandez versus Belagon three. You know, you fought both of those guys. Kevin was disqualified for illegal blows to the back of the head and lost the title. You know, what did you think about that situation and the result? Look, um, at the end of the day, an illegal move is an illegal move. They both did illegal moves and they both is... I'd say they both have to just own up to their responsibilities. It's just a shame that um, Bibiana couldn't move forward and move on. But um, he wasn't he wasn't proud of getting the title that way. So that's why they, obviously they're doing a fourth fight. But um, man, it's always a fight between those two guys. Man, always a tough fight, and you never know who's going to come up on top. Credential wise, um, Bibiano should be the one that's coming out on top. But you can never count out Bellingham, you know. Um, that's one thing that I did and um, I paid the consequences hefty and, and pretty bad too. So um, Bellingham, man, he's just one of those guys where you can never count him out. And um, the team Lakai guys, they always come to fight. So um, it will be a tough fight for Bibiano again, um, but we'll see who, who prevails. You know, you mentioned Vietnam earlier. MMA still not legalized in that country. You know, there's rumors flying around that they could have a card, but the card will be fully super series fights, you know, all kickboxing and Muay Thai. You know, have you heard anything? Can you give us any information about what's going on with that? It's it's, it's definitely a super series event. Um, MMA is still illegal in Vietnam. I think more the grappling side and the ground and pound side that the officials don't like about it, but one step at a time, man. It's baby steps in Vietnam, and they'll come around to terms eventually, and they have you know, superstar athletes like myself and, you know, being UN and, you know, a lot of Vietnamese athletes that are stepping it up and, you know, taking on MMA in opposed to just jiu-jitsu or in opposed to just you know, kickboxing or Muay Thai. You know, and there's a lot of Vietnamese athletes around the world. And so um, I think eventually Vietnam will, will fall into the mixed martial arts world. But for now, I think it, it's just all about getting into the market and, um, you know, one championship has done the right thing. One of one of the first uh, one of the first companies ever to step foot in Vietnam now. So you've got to start from somewhere. Definitely. Well, you get back in that cage, August second, one dawn of heroes, defending your title, Manila. Thanks, Martin, for your time, and uh, always good talking to you. And uh, I love seeing the progression, and you know, the future that you have is bright. Thanks, bro. Thank you so much.